Hi, I'm Kristen Howerton, and I blog at Rage Against the Minivan. And I'm Paul Martin, and I blog at Paula Sophia. And you're listening to Why Partisan, a political conversation between two friends from different sides of the aisle. I'm a Democrat. And I'm a Republican, and we are both passionate political junkies trying to figure out how to have a civil discourse about politics. From social justice issues to the intersection of race, religion, and public policy, we're delving into all aspects of the political arena. Today is a very special episode of Why Partisan because we are going to be talking about Paul's recent decision to run for Congress. Congress. So we really had no idea when we started this conversation a year and a half ago Zero. that at some point you would move from a political junkie to a political candidate, and yet here we are. Yes, and there's quite a story as to how it happened, but I will mm-hmm. say that this podcast Facebook Live event had much to do with it. Yeah. Um, and I think some of it was Chris and I are both passionately committed to trying to figure out how to make life work better as parents as people of faith, and also as people that are interested in politics. And it seemed like the more and more we talked about our political inklings or whatnot, I started to feel more and more, I don't know how to say it, just obliged, if you will, or obligated to do something about it. Yeah. And here you are. I'm very <laughs> you're going deep for in it. it. And it's so funny to me that you're, you know, it's not you you're like go big or go home in this. It's not like you're running for state congress or mayor of our town. You're running for school board, not Right. <laughs> right. Like there's a lot of positions. Yeah. Um, but you are running for US Congress. Right. So I'm running for the 48th district, which is one of the 435 districts for House of Representatives. And now I want to take a second okay. because I don't, you know, I, I don't want to sound insulting, but I do know there are people that are confused at the difference between the Senate Absolutely. and the House of Representatives. Yep. So let's talk through that. The yep. Senate is comprised of two members from every state, two senators yes. from each state. And the founders, they did that because they wanted there to be state representatives. Right. They wanted it to make sure that each state had a couple of people that would represent on behalf of the states. Right. But also, Mm -hmm. they wanted to make sure that the people... Yeah. You know, the... And each, you know, smaller district. Yes. And so they broke it up. And Mm -hmm. the way it works out today is there are, today, 435 Mm -hmm. districts of about Mm 700,000. And so what I would do is I would represent about 700,000 people, uh, not the state of California, but this district um, and the interests of this particular district. And you are running in the district that both and I, both you and I live in. Yep. And you are running against. I mean, yes. we're going to have to go there. We're going to have yeah. to talk about this. So maybe but... we back up. I just want to give a little bit of background as to how it even happened. Okay. Because I, I mean, maybe like anyone who's politically interested. Of course, I've thought before about that would be cool to run for Congress or be a senator, right? I've had those thoughts in my head before. But never once have I ever aspired to or dreamt of running for Congress. I I didn't. And as Kristen and I both do as kind of social media people, about three months ago, I was cooking dinner and I was watching television and our congressman, whose name is Dana Rohrabacher Mm -hmm. here. He is our district's Congress representative. uh, And he has some fairly unique perspectives on a few things. Mm -hmm. Um, On television, he was... 
they were talking about him on one of the news channels and they were uh referring to something he said about the charlottesville uh, uh disaster and he referred to what happened in charlottesville as a staged event created by the democrats wow and this isn't unique for him because he has said some fairly outlandish things before but when he said that i literally picked up my iphone and typed into facebook in term in 100% stream of consciousness i should run for congress against dana rohrbacher mm-hmm. and it was literally like when my kids are arguing about whether the new taylor swift album is good or not, I sometimes in stream of consciousness will say, hey guys, what do you think about the new Taylor Swift album? There's no intentionality to it, but I started getting unique comments and one of the people that commented was someone that, well, Kristen introduced me to in February, somebody who is a a highly kind of decorated uh, political social media individual who I reached out to the next day and he kind of said, um... If I were you, I would give this serious consideration. And this is someone who knows his stuff. So it kind of started about a two-month research project of deciding whether I was going to do it or not. And eventually, I decided that I would. And you are running as a Republican. Yeah. And you're running against a Republican incumbent. Yes. And what's so fascinating about this particular district, you know, there are 435 districts. I probably could not name five u.s mm-hmm. representatives sad mm-hmm. to say mm-hmm. but i could i could name our districts and probably a few neighboring yeah. districts and there are some more infamous um you know representatives that we've all heard of but what's interesting is dana rohrbacher is one of those infamous mm-hmm. representatives that many many people have heard of yeah. um for a number of reasons but he has been in the in the public eye quite a bit um for one his tenure has led him, you know, he's he's been in the seat for how long? 30 years, he's running for his 16th term. I mean... Even though he ran on term limits when he started. It's un- That's unbelievable. 30 mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. 30 years. You know, and we, I mean, we live in Orange County. This is a Republican kind of hotbed, which is sad to say. Um, but Dana Rohrbacher, he's known because he's been there forever. Yeah. But he's also known for doing some shady stuff, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I mean, he's a guy, and I've never met him before, but, you know, I want to be kind. But, I mean, this is a guy that, in in the best case, he ran on a platform of term limits 16 terms ago, and he has not had a bill, you know, a major bill with his name on it in 17 years. And so, in the best case... This is somebody who's been there for a really long time, who has not really done anything in terms of, uh, uh, you know, founding uh, or writing a major piece of legislation. And um, he's here he is with a lot of job security. Yeah. Um, In the worst case, he calls global warming a hoax. Mm -hmm. He's He's one of those. He's one of those. Mm -hmm. Uh, He is highly tied into the Russia uh, debacle. And, oh, well, he yeah. is literally making headlines. Yeah. He was on, you know, he had a headline on Vanity Fair two days ago um, about the fact that Mueller has called him in. Yeah. You know, so he is he's really at the center yeah. of this whole Russia Trump probe, which is super sketchy. And even for the people that don't really believe, you know, all the whatever hype about Russia. I mean, these are just these are like indisputable facts 
and we need to just make it clear, Dana Rohrabacher has been very close to Putin for 20 years. Um, the most staunch Republicans, uh, like Trey Gowdy, who's a uh, representative who's in the House uh, investigating the Russia uh, interference, uh, you know, Rohrabacher, many are thinking, was the guy that ro to roll out the red carpet for Trump and all of these people. He has a very long, close affinity for Putin and for Moscow. And this isn't like, I'm not running because of these issues. Uh -huh. And nonetheless, in, in the spring, we're going to see Rohrabacher's name become even more national because of his very, very close ties to this whole thing. Well, we are. And I, you know, it'll be interesting to watch because I, I do think that this is the season where I hope people are really going to question him. I think that he has been, there have been legitimate questions about him for quite some time, yeah. but I think it's gotten to a fever pitch that's difficult for any normal Republican to ignore at this point and yeah. vote for him, con you know, conscientiously. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I don't know. And I want to be careful because it's easy as an opponent to of course start shooting your you know shooting the incumbent but this is a guy who i mean i talk to people on the left on the right and this is a congressman who i very rarely run into someone who says i am so glad dana Rohrabacher is our congressman i mean no to the opposite no they say quite um sobering things about yes. his his character his competence yeah. his loyalties you know, just isn't a fresh, vibrant voice representing the people. And of course, the founders wanted to put people in office that would actually really, truly represent the people in the district. He just doesn't seem to be that kind of guy to me. No, he doesn't. But yet he's kept his seat because I think that there are so many Republicans who so want a Republican in the seat that they've been willing to vote for him just to keep, you know, they feel like, well, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna vote for him to keep him there, yeah. to keep our our right. seat there, the count up. And I'm talking know? to you know dozens and dozens of of voters, and the Republicans I speak to usually will say, "Wait, who? Uh, well, I don't really know. I don't vote in the midterms. I just vote in the presidential elections, and I just click the R's." Right. Very. That's very very true. Yeah. And so this particular district, I don't think, is a district um, that's particularly well-informed no it's a republican so district either. he's the guy mm -hmm. and for 16 terms well this is 15 a, terms. it's a fox news watching yeah you know uh, the older people in this community well and as a republican what's super interesting about this race and there's a lot of um you know there's a lot of national media attention because the democrats now have seven candidates uh, in the Do race. they really? Seven candidates, and three or four of them are serious candidates. Really? One's a billionaire. Another mm. one is close to being a billionaire. Wow. I mean, these are s serious candidates with national attention, and Rohrabacher is behind in the polls against these Democrats. So these oh, Democrats wow. believe that they're going to flip, you know, flip orange, you know, this district uh, blue. Um, and so for me, it's a u unique position because, of course, independents like me. Because I'm not, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a die hard, die with the flag Republican. I don't even know anymore what the parties mean that much. I just think that most people in this district, whether they're Republicans or Democrats, want the same thing. They want affordable housing. They want to have decent health care. They want to make sure it's safe. And so it's going to be an interesting race because with seven Democrats, 
you know, there's a primary on June 5th, the top two people go through and it looks like really anybody can go through to the, the election in November. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. Um, and I'm assuming that of those seven, they will pare it down and, you know. Yeah. I mean, present a formidable opponent. Yeah. But it looks like at least they're going to be five Democrats. I mean, you know, some of these are real serious contenders and you just have Rohrabacher who is highly unpopular nationally. Um, and in terms of this district, um, it's up in the air. Well, did I ever tell you that, um, I was being recruited to run against him? I never knew that. It's always good to know. I didn't tell you that. You may have. It sounds remotely. It was a couple years ago and I had actually, I had spoken at a fundraiser for, um, Loretta Sanchez, um, who is a congressional representative for, um, a district a bit North of us. And she had reached out to me and I spoke, um, and I, you know, I just, I am passionate about politics and I'm sure that showed through in my speech. And so there were some people in the room that were involved in the, um, you know, in the DNC, in the DNC here locally. And they pulled me aside and said, you know, we think you could beat Dana because what they were looking for in order to beat Dana, they needed someone who could appeal to the Republican base, but obviously someone who is a Democrat. I think they wanted someone younger and well-spoken. I think they liked the fact that I had a social media platform already. Right. Um, But they really liked the fact that I was a Christian. Mm -hmm. And so I think they thought that I could maybe pull some people over because that's for a Democrat to win this district, that's what will have to happen. Mm. People will have to be pulled over. Right. Um, and so I thought about it um, really seriously for really? a couple months. Yeah, I did. Um, but for me, the more research I did um, and the stage of life my kids are in, right. it did not make sense lifestyle-wise. Yeah. Because that is what is difficult um, for the representatives. You know, when you're a senator, you you kind of live in Washington. Mm-hmm. When you're a representative, you back move and back and forth yeah. and back and forth. You've got to be up there for the yeah. meetings. But the point of it is that you're supposed to be in, in your, your district. district. You're supposed to be with the people yeah. and living in your district. So it is a whole lot of travel. Right. Yeah, and I mean, are my, you ready for it, Paul? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean that's that's a big difference, and I yeah. wouldn't have done this ten years ago because my children yeah. were quite a bit younger, but they yeah. are much further along. In you're year. launching, yeah, you're launching. Your I'm kids. certainly, I'm certainly launching, yeah. and it's interesting that it wouldn't surprise me that. So, are you telling me you're getting in the race, Kristen? Is that what this is about? <laughs> wouldn't that be Do you the have most an announcement to make? Thing? That's right. No, why partisan? A civil, not so civil conversation between two that people be running for California so 48. So funny. Maybe in maybe in five years, but not now. <laughs> it really it is it is a it is a hard lifestyle to be, yeah. you know, a congressional representative. Well, I mean, I just I mean, I don't want to like pitch or like, you know, give my uh stump speech here, but I mean those of you that have listened to this or watched us on Facebook Live know that I I am so devoted and ferociously committed to trying to have a civil conversation with people of both sides. I don't consider Democrats to be satanic, demonic, you know, like evil people. And I think the partisanship in this country is ripping us apart. Um, I am a Republican, lifetime Republican, have voted Republican, and still ultimately believe in the main tenets of conservatism. And at the same time, I'm very committed, like Ronald Reagan, 
whose greatest legacy was his deep commitment to Tip O'Neill, who was the Speaker of the House for seven years, who was a staunch liberal New England Democrat, who Reagan knew that if he didn't get along with him, he would never get anything done. And I think our party, both parties, need more of that spirit versus this just wicked partisanship that Absolutely. our country is suffering from. I just, it's not Absolutely. working. Yeah. So I'm curious, you know, if you could name maybe a couple, a couple issues where you actually think you don't differ from Dana and then a couple issues or, you know, platforms where you will really be different. Yeah. So I think on issues that I don't differ from Dana on, and that's a little bit tricky because I think I differ with him radically in most every area. But I'll just say <laughs> the recent tax bill, I was very pleased, um, right? The the House came out with a tax bill recently in the last week or two, and um, Dana voted no on it. So he mm. went against uh, the Republicans, uh, against Donald Trump ultimately, and I'm not really sure why he voted no, because the previous week he was on record saying that um, a deduction that would reduce housing interest write-offs from a million dollars to $500,000, he said something to the effect of it wouldn't affect many people in our district, when according to U.S. Census data, almost 80% of the houses in this district sell for over half a million dollars. And so that's all um, kind of wonky stuff, but he voted no. So basically he voted to um, go against the House bill for uh, mm. this tax break, which I'm happy that he did that. He's feeling a lot of pressure from the Democrats and from me, uh, the moderate in the group. And so I would agree with him mm -hmm. on voting against the House's current tax bill as okay. it is. All right. Um, so there's that. Um, other than that... Uh, you know, I mean, this is a guy that voted to uh, voted against trigger locks, voted against mm -hmm. registering guns, voted mm -hmm. to reduce waiting periods from three days to one period, one uh, three days to one day. Um, I'm not really sure how much I agree with him on anything else. And I well, I mean, you're both a Republican. There has to be some foundational. I mean, I guess ultimately he's for a smaller government. And you are too. And I am too. Yeah. And so I don't, I haven't really fleshed out in which way he's for a smaller government. But I think, like, I just think that the country wants Republicans more, generally speaking, in the Reagan, John McCain, mm -hmm. you know, George H.W. Bush, Mitt Romney, reasonable, right. civil... Republicans and Rohrbacher definitely fits the very far right. Um, yes, he does. You know, the very far right with us or against us uh, type mm -hmm. of ideology, which, you know, I just don't think it works. I just right. think it creates a black and white world. Um, uh, yeah. Well, and Dana was very pro-Trump. Yeah, I mean, he votes somewhere like 95% yeah. along the line with Trump. Yeah, they're compadres. Yeah, and like so many Republicans, I mean, it's just the way to go. If you're in a pro-Trump district, you vote with Trump. It'll yeah. be interesting to see, you know, in this election next year, depending on where Trump's ratings are, you know, how that's all going to work. 
Well, you know, they're saying that Rohrbacher is one of nine Republicans that Democrats have identified as vulnerable yeah. in California. Yes. In this next election. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's one of the most vulnerable seats. And again, there's a lot of national attention. I'm even getting national Republican leaders calling me now that are mm -hmm. saying, tell me more, because this Good. is this is a seat that, um, you know, the Democrats smell blood. They think they could flip it mm -hmm. uh, to a Democrat. And, and, and there's, you know. Good likelihood that they could, and I think the voters here uh, need to really think about whether they want to go with a very extremely far right mm -hmm. Donald Trump, Ted Cruz, mm -hmm. Steve Bannon right. kind of Republican or somebody who's more appealing to people on both sides. So what, you know, what do next steps look like for you? I mean, especially even just educationally for those of us who don't completely understand the process. I mean... I'm assuming raising money is probably, unfortunately, step number one, because mm -hmm. so much of politics is dictated by mm -hmm. what kind of campaign funds you've got. Yeah. So I got in late. Um, by the time I did my research um, and launched my campaign a month ago, uh, you know, is relatively late, not mm -hmm. impossibly late. But I thought I would spend about a month or two um, on social media, just letting people know who I am. And especially... Yeah going to door to door and going to different places and hearing people sure. tonight. I was at a local Irish pub wow. um, speaking to a former mayor of the city yeah, and just sitting with some very vested mm -hmm. uh, people here and, and, and listening about 90% of the time to what matters to them. And so I figured there would be about a 30 to 60 day period of that. And then really at the end of that, it's going to be, 90% fundraising. And so right. I'm about a week or two away from going and, you know, talking to individuals that are mm -hmm. looking for change, yeah. looking for someone who's fresh and different. Right. Um, like I definitely am. I am not your typical Tea Party kind of Republican. Um, and, you know, things are so different today. And this is what your friend Kristen told me. You know, 10 years ago, I would have had to start with dusting off my blue blazer. Right. Uh, and putting on my khakis and going down to the Bay Club right. to try and raise $20,000 so right. that I could print out some four-color brochures right. and putting stamps on them to send right. to 5,000 homes. Right. Right. And with social media now, yeah, it's, it's so different. World. So I was, you know, yeah. I have the luxury of being able to get in and having a blog and some kind of social media presence has helped me yeah. uh, test the waters, if you will. Absolutely. And that's the stage that I'm in now. You know, it was going to be 30 to 60 days to see what people thought. And, you know, I'm humbled. There's almost an overwhelming sense of, please do this. Yeah. We want something different. Oh, my gosh. You're so much more reasonable right. than, you know, this very extreme far right, right kind of choice. Yeah. And so I will have to start raising a lot of money very soon. Well, and let's um let's put your campaign website up on our whypartisan.com. And if okay. any of our listeners are so inclined, yeah. you can go and give a donation to a person who's wanting to get in and make some change. Um, I think what's most, like, people ask me all the time, like, what have you learned? And I think this might sound cheesy, but what's most amazing to me, and I knew all of this in my head because I do carry a Constitution of the United States around with me, and I have for about 15 years but just how easy it was to run for Congress. like Well, tell us. I mean, in case people are listening and think like, wow, I could do this myself. I mean, what does it involve? Right. You... And, and, and I'm using a platform right now. My official website isn't up yet. We're writing it and writing all the policy on it. 
but there's one very popular um uh it's kind of like a GoFundMe page huh. written by very smart people. Kristen's friend referred me to it. It's called Crowdpack. Huh. And Crowdpack is kind of a GoFundMe for uh people wanting to run for public office. Oh cool. Whether it's city government or Senate. Uh-huh. And they have a very powerful search engine. Um endorsements pledges and a way mm -hmm. for you to just to get in mm. and so that's my first step that's yeah it, when you go to my campaign page you're going to go to right. crowdback and it's basically a gofundme page um and you know really that's it that's all i've done and the next step is going to be to register with the federal elections commission uh -huh. which is about a five minute process online wow. um and you register and then you are an official candidate yeah um so getting in i mean it's way more easy than getting a driver's license now the problem is once you get in uh -huh. you're going to be subject to being vetted right and so my harder days are ahead right because as i become more of a serious candidate and that's happening the more people are going to say you know, they're going to start digging into right. my policy issues and my personal life. Oh, and, sure. Um, and that's that comes with the territory. But in terms of getting in, anybody can really get in to run for office. Right. And that's what our founders wanted. Right. That's how it's supposed to be. Yeah. Unfortunately, getting in, there's, you know, a low threshold. Being elected is where we've really got the issue with buying your seat mm -hmm. you know and which is why i think there's a huge need for campaign finance reform oh my gosh i'm so behind that yeah yeah because that really does dictate yeah. who is in leadership in our country unfortunately yeah i was at a um at a meeting about a month ago at a bar a local bar I was supposed to meet a guy kind of a posh newport beach bar and the guy didn't show up and so i was talking to someone and we, you know, I ended up telling him I was running for Congress and he was a very networked, hmm. young, 30-year-old whippersnapper and started dropping names and he dropped the name of a local billionaire, mm -hmm. uh, a Republican mm -hmm. major donor. Uh, and I mean, this is a, this is a brute fact. Uh, he said, you know, I'd love to maybe make an introduction. And I said to him, thank you so much, but I'm really not interested and this is like, I am an idealist and I just didn't feel comfortable with before I had raised one penny mm -hmm. going and sitting down with someone who had the potential to write me a check for half a million dollars because I knew that that is the problem in our country. That as soon as yeah. I say yes to this guy, I am no longer running on the issues that you and I have talked about for two years. I am potentially compromising issues that I believe are foundational to the health of our nation. And I look back, like, I don't even have this guy's number anymore. But I said, you know, you're going to think I'm crazy, but thank you so much. I'm mm -hmm. just not prepared to meet with someone like that right now. Ah! Oh, but that's tough, Paul, because that's how know, you get, I, I know, mean, I know. it's so hard. It's like you have to play the game in order to get the seat yeah. to make the change. Yeah. And, and and I would now, but yeah. at that time I hadn't raised a penny and I thought, wait, I don't even have my platform written. I'm going to go meet with a billionaire yeah. who could just, yeah. I, you know, in that yeah, sense, I'm a Bernie. But... I think Bernie, I, I think Bernie had it right in so many ways. Yeah. And that, you know, the tail wagging the dog, the billionaires wagging the dog. No, I hear you on I that. just, I, I meet with people and nine out of 10 of them, whether they're Republicans or Democrats, are barely making ends meet. Yeah. They're working way too hard. Yeah. They're just barely hanging on. Yeah. And then suddenly a billionaire cuts you some big check and wants you to go in this direction sure. and i i don't know i i am for campaign finance yeah I, I, 
No, I I agree with you. It might but be you to just, my demise. You could just take his money and then not and then do what you want, <laughs> right? Maybe <laughs> I don't know. I'll don't never know. I'll never know. <laughs> There's other billionaires, Paul, especially around That's here. That's what I tell my girlfriends all the time. Just kidding. <laughs> I don't say that. <laughs> oh my gosh! And so you've got you know you've got money to raise and then what i mean you know what are next steps yeah so there's a primary we have a primary mm-hmm. here and it's on which Ju- is when june 5th okay and the way it works here is there will be two people who go through to the election in november mm-hmm. and those two people could be two republicans right two democrats mm-hmm. or one of each um and like i said a lot of the experts writing pundits in this area think mm-hmm. it's really possible that it could be Two Republicans, yeah, because the Democrats yeah, are spreading sure. out the vote. There's just sure. there too there's so many of them in the race, sure. and um, it's a very fluid race. I you know I don't know if I'd be running if the circumstances were different, but mm-hmm. my my chances are relatively decent, um, yeah. Given Rohrabacher's unpopularity and the fact that there's seven Democrats thinking that they're going to take it from him, yeah. Well, in our last election in 2016, Dana won against Suzanne Savary with a 58% to 41% to 41% vote. Right. So that's actually a smaller margin than it's been before for him, but it's still a pretty big one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but, but I do think that this Russia probe could prove pretty critical for it's just, his it's removal. Just, it's very, finally. yeah, it's very fluid. And when I started, I was speculating. I was saying to myself and a few of the, you know, people I was talking to, well, if Rohrbacher gets implicated in the Mueller investigation, mm-hmm. that could really help me. Well, that's happened now. Right. Like it's, you know, you could read that in the LA Times or Vanity Fair or the New York Times in the last week. And so Rohrbacher is now being investigated by Mueller. And what that's going to look like in the spring is really interested. I mean, it could be the case that, you know, he drops out and then I'm, you know, there's another Republican running who I don't think has much of a game, Uh, but it's all to say it's a very fluid race, but I am definitely hanging my hat on being, you know, a self-proclaimed raging centrist. Yeah. Someone who does not think that, you know, fierce loyalty to political party is as important as the issues right. that most, that 90% of Americans think about, which is yeah. safety, mm-hmm. paying the bills, getting mm-hmm. decent health care. Right. Like, those are the issues, whether you're on the left or the right, that matter yeah. most. Well, and I think we also really need a person of integrity. And I think it's clear that Dane has been bought. You know, he's been bought by the far right. He's been bought by, you know, the evangelical zealots. And, um, you know, he's been bought by the people with money. Yeah. I mean, you can see that in this decisions he makes for the NRA and, yeah. and for Russia. Yeah. So he's highly I mean, in this district alone, and our district runs from Laguna Beach, if you're from the area at the south, to Seal Beach at the north, and then a couple of inland cities that are close to the beach. But, you know, Dana Rohrbacher can't even do a town hall meeting here. He cannot show up in our district and take questions because there will be hundreds of people that will show up to essentially heckle him right. because of some of his policy issues. Well, policy issues, but also, I mean, his wife has has been in trouble for the, you know, funds that she was given from his 
um, from his campaign. I mean, there's a lot of messy stuff with him. Yeah. And I try to even stay away from that. But yeah, I mean, you know, they they threw in a third candidate in 19, I think, 99 to tilt the election in his direction. I mean, there's some pretty serious shadiness going on on that side. And I just don't think it reflects well on the party. And again, a lot of people today, even today, I think on some Facebook thread, people were saying I'm a liberal because I happen to think that John McCain is a decent Republican or because I think that George, you know, George W. Bush or George H. W. Bush or, you know, Colin Powell is kind of my all time favorite Republican. And these are people who are ripping into me, calling me a liberal because I happen to think that that kind of Republicanism is good. Um, and these are all Dana supporters. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. Well, I mean, I really do wish you the best of luck. I would love to see you representing our district. I have voted for a Republican before, and I'll do it again. I feel like you you could be a person that lots of Democrats could feel good about and lots of Republicans could feel good about. And for me, it comes down to that. Like, I just think this party... And again, our whole vision two years ago, really, ironically, we're talking about this, was based on you and I saying, something's got to be done. Yeah. The sides hate each other too much. Maybe we could do a Facebook Live just to have a civil conversation about how ultimately we all want the same thing. And that's really what my candidacy is about. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I can't wait to follow it. Stay tuned. We are going to link up to Paul's um, page on whypartisan.com. Thanks for joining us. And we will be back next week with our regularly scheduled recap of the week's political events. And we assure you it will not be boring. (laughs) It never is. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening. Bye. Be sure to subscribe to Why Partisan on iTunes and check us out on the web at whypartisan.com. A big thanks to Shepard Audio for providing our intro music.